You are listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. so glad you're on this interview, Becky. I can yes. you to be a relationships expert. You know why? Because you, um, you look at relationships lightheartedly and that allows the Lord to move. When I think when people take relationships so seriously, uh, they, they really lock the whole process and they keep the Holy Spirit out. But because you have a uh, you're not interested in constantly defending yourself in relationships. You, you're willing to be self-deprecating, kind of laugh about things when things go wrong. And that, I think, allows God to really teach through you. So I'm glad to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Nika. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so, I was just telling Nika before we got started, and I need everyone to be aware of this because if someone should join us, or see me motion like this. Of course, all of my kids are here right now. Do I look at you or at myself? This is a good question. I, you look at I'm me. I'm gonna just look at you. So I asked, I just told everyone inside. Um, it's funny that I wish they were here to hear Nika say I'm the relationship expert because I said, hey, I'm gonna be outside recording a Zoom call. I don't want any of y'all to come out there. And our oldest son goes, why would any of us come out there? Like, thank you. Hey because I thought you might want to talk to me. <laughs> well, either. they didn't come up. They didn't come yeah. outside, but they are all behind you in the windows. Are they? Are you serious? No. <laughs> well, they might be at some point, so hopefully fully clothed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I do think that one, at least one of your children, I could see thinking that would be a hilarious thing to do. I, uh, yes, I could So. Do. Would you tell people a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah. Um, I've been married to Tony Brooks for 20 years now. Incredible. And he is actually, of course, deemed essential right now, not just in our family, but also at work. And so he has continued on with his job during this season. And um, the rest of us are here at home. There, I have four kids. I have Peyton, who is 17, Benjamin, who's 15, and then two girls that Eden, who is 11, and Shelby Grace is seven. So right. it's a lot of fun. The high schoolers are pretty good at the homeschool thing. And even Eden is great at homeschooling, just based on what their teachers have done. All of their teachers have been wonderful and thorough. Shelby is needing a little bit more. Shelby's in second grade and needs a little bit more supervision. And, and so it's, it's been an interesting season so far. So all four of your kids are usually in public school. Yes, so correct. Homeschooling correct. is completely totally new. They all left for spring break, of course, excited about spring break, so ready for a break now, and would have said, uh, even week one of being off for this, they were excited. Now they are officially um, missing school, routine, friends especially. And so this is, this is a, it's a stretching point for all of us. Um, okay, so I have a few questions for you. Okay. But let's start off with a general one, because 
we all know the Lord's on the move. So how have you seen God move during this time? Oh, I mean, first off, I'm loving. Well, I'll tell you, I'm seeing a move in the fact that everyone is noticing the good things occurring, you know, and the Lord's been, the Lord's been faithful through everything. His character hasn't changed in this, but I think for the first time, at least in our family, we're having time, Nika, to really notice him and to just the, the opportunity to slow down. And, um, I mean, I, I think the idea of, I, I mean, we're seeing him in the sunrise because we're all here for it. We're seeing him in the sunset because we're all here for it so much about him um, that we just weren't taking the time to notice and to praise him for. And we're aware in our family. We pray over Tony every morning before he leaves. We pray over him every time he comes home because we're aware that he's going out. And it's a, it's a, um, in the craziest way for me, the spiritual realm has, uh, become a lot more real because I realize we're fighting something we can't see. And the thing is, as Christians, as believers, we've been fighting something we can't see for years now, yes. but this, this in a new way, it's, it's asking the Lord to break through because we stand outside on our porch and we don't know what's coming but we know that the Lord sees it. And so we're asking him to, to move and um, protect us. I know that Eden today, one of her prompts in, in her writing for school was tell us how the, um, this is impacting you. And she ended it with, um, this is a, she wrote a whole paragraph about all the ways that this is changing her and, and things that we're doing. We're washing our hands. We're having to lotion our hands because all our hands are raw and all of those little factual things. And then at the end, she said, um, but the Lord is going to keep us safe. And I said, okay, that's, I love it that you incorporated the Lord into this at the end. Um, but will you still feel like he's kept us safe if we get sick? Because there's a chance we're going to get sick. And she sat for a second and she said, I think I want to change it. And she said, um, this is a time where we're going to know the Lord is with us no matter what happens. And so for just an 11 year old's perspective, um, I think we've always wanted our kids to know it's really uh, walking with the Lord. Isn't just about safety. It's it's there's, there's real things that are going to happen to us. Um, we've told them for a long time, the center of God's will isn't necessarily safe and fun for the whole family. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be dangerous and there's going to be things that happen. And, um, but, but we trust him that we're never going anywhere without him. So we're seeing him in that way, seeing our kids take hold of him in new ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and us take hold of him in new ways right um and you mentioned um just in conversation the other day you said how special it was to go to chick-fil-a last night whereas normally you're going four times a week 
Oh my word. Well, I told Nika that the, uh, some of you may not know this or have read this, but I remember reading in probably the fourth grade, our teacher read us Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. And when Laura gets the orange in her stocking on Christmas, we were all like, gosh, poor girl, that's so lame. But we had our orange in the stocking moment the other day when we got Chick-fil-A because we have been cooking, I have been cooking for three weeks, every meal, every time our kids come in for lunch and say, hey, what are we having for lunch? We're like, same options as yesterday. <laughs> I mean, nothing has changed. And so we got Chick-fil-A, just went through the drive-through and we've been a family that has had Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's embarrassing, but probably every other day, every third day, let's, uh, let's be, I mean, we were having it multiple times a week, maybe not as a whole family, but get grabbing nuggets on the way to a game or doing something like that. And so to have that the other day, we savored that. <laughs> we could like really do a commercial for Truett Kathy right now. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoyed our chicken fried in peanut oil it's never tasted better <laughs> i have felt that way too about any outing that i've gone through the drive-thru i thought it's crazy how often i did this before but now i'm like i'm just gonna eat half of it so i can have the other half later oh my word and the guy at the drive-thru i was so excited to talk to someone that wasn't in my family that he actually goes you need to pull up now because I was just enjoying like, Andrew, isn't yes. the sun awesome? It just feels so good outside. He was like, yes, it does. There's people behind you. My <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So I want to ask you a few questions about um, family and some things that stand out to you that you've learned about your family. Let's leave it at that. What have you learned about your family in the last month? I think a thing that has really, that I've, I've put notes to myself all over the house right now is um, I've learned how important the conversation in my head is because right now we're really only interacting with each other. And um, if I'm walking around all day talking to myself about, wow, I hope everyone notices that their laundry's getting done you know, I hope everyone notices that I'm cooking all this food, you know, I hope that every, or, or just talking to myself about what a hero I am. I think sometimes it's really easy to, um, to really brag about yourself in your own mind. Maybe you're not a braggadocious person in real life, but as a mom and as a wife, I'm, um, you know, even, well, this all came to a head the other day, I'll tell you, because I I really was just talking, uh, cooking for six people three times a day is, is, is tiring. I mean, but, but people do it all the time. It's not, it's not a heroic effort, but keeping the dishwasher running, um, needing to know what's next. And I'm not a really good planner. I, I mean, there's people who probably have their whole meals planned out um, four weeks in advance. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm getting better as a result of this. But just in my head, I was thinking about how much I was doing all the time, 
you know, I never really get to sit down. I never, I'm not reading like I thought I would. Oh, I bet it would be nice to sit down and watch a movie. And some of that is I need to do those things to keep my sanity. I, I mean, that's on me for not doing those, but I wasn't doing those. And so I'm having this conversation in my head about how, what a hero I am. And, and Tony said something, um, just so casual, um, like, Hey, can we, uh, make sure the counters are cleared off at night? Cause he was trying to do something, you know, anyways, I lost my mind. And it was not, he did not ask that in a rude or ugly way, but I said, yeah, uh, who's this we we're talking about? You're welcome to do anything in your home and I am welcome. I mean, it just turned into mm -hmm. this, all of the sudden I was insulting him. Whereas we had, we had been, we had not been having a tense day at all. But I also have realized this week, um, that happened on Sunday, and as a result, I've noticed the the voices in my head. First off, I've noticed that it's a lot easier for me instead of saying um, how much I'm doing. I've really incorporated all my kids into it this week. Hey, get in here and help prep for lunch. Hey, you need to unload the dishwasher and you need to load it. I think I was carrying way too much, and and um, I was putting strain on my relationships because I wasn't delegating. Um, mm -hmm. I was also putting strain on my relationships because I was expecting this family of mine to read my mind. And I needed to be able to say to them, um, hey, I'm really worn out with cooking all of this. Everyone, we need to have sandwich night and everyone needs to figure out how to make their own sandwich. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, but I think I'm learning first off that um, I've got to watch the conversation in my head. Next is um, we've had to practice some things as a family. We are a family that really enjoys each other, but we are a family that really enjoys activity. And we also, um, there's six of us and three are introverts, three are extroverts. Um, introverts are doing really well, but here's the thing. They really can't be their full introvert self because these three are never leaving, mm -hmm. you know? So we're in each other's business all the time. So the extroverts are needing more in our social interaction and the introverts are wanting, you know, it's still, this yeah. isn't. This isn't true introversion for them. And so one of the things that we've had to do is say, okay, we've got to practice being together because we've been a family, obviously, this whole time, but we've forgotten how to sit down at the dinner table every night and just talk to each other. Um, and we've forgotten how to interact in kindness all the time, you know, and you can have the, that someone in your family is an cut out for one second. Let's see. Will it a lot of practice, Nika, where we've said, okay, let's all go back to the table. Are you still there? What? Yeah. Okay. My internet. What is and it? you popped off for one second. So let me think about where you were. You were just talking about practicing, talking to one another again, practicing sitting at the table and not being busy and just practicing all together. And I think that we forget sometimes, especially with children, that um, we think things are common sense. And the truth is, most of the time, common sense is things that were taught to you before you remember being taught them. And so... Um, 
Common sense is things that were taught to you before you remember being taught them. That makes so Correct. much sense. Well, so you're thinking, I mean, we, we tell this story all the time, but there was a time when, you know, when all of our kids were really little, we went to a restaurant and, um, for the longest time we had a kid that didn't, it, it almost felt like you were on a, on a grenade. Um, someone had pulled the pin on a grenade cause you knew someone was going to melt down before every, especially if we were waiting on a meal at like a nicer restaurant. So when people would bring out the food, Tony and I would just go into overdrive, cutting everyone's meat, cutting everyone's pancakes. You know, it was just, we're getting it done. It was almost like a frenzy because then we've got to eat before the baby starts screaming, you know? And so all of a sudden one time we went to a restaurant that we really enjoyed and um, Shelby was enough older that we told Peyton, okay, hey, cut your food. I mean, then this is several years ago. This is yeah, not, yeah, yeah. but um, Peyton didn't know how to cut his food because we had been living for so long cutting everyone's food that he had never really, I mean, he started working on it, like trying to do it. And we were like, how does he not know how to cut his food? And Tony and I started having this conversation and we were meaning it to be a conversation more about our failure as parents than, than his failure as a child. And um, I remember walking to the car that day and, and Tony said, that was a great restaurant. I like that place. And we both were just like, yeah, that was good food. And Peyton said, I don't ever want to go back to that place. It makes me feel dumb you know, and we were like, what, how can a breakfast place make you feel dumb? And then we realized, okay, we spent all of breakfast talking about how he doesn't know how to cut his pancakes, you know, and we were meaning it as a commentary on us. Mm -hmm. But the fact is someone at some point taught Tony and I how to cut pancakes. We just don't remember it. Right. You know? And so right. we had, but here's the thing we we picked a bad time to try to teach Peyton. You don't try to teach someone something when they're hungry. That's one of those, um, Matt, what was it? Maslow's pyramid of hierarchy mm -hmm. of need we learned in education. And so like we made pancakes one night at home when no one was hungry and said, hey, Peyton, get in here and let's all learn how to cut pancakes. You know, mm -hmm. it was a practice session that just is learning. And so I think just in the same way you're having to learn how to cut pancakes sometimes, you have to go back and say, oh my goodness, you know what? We've never really had an extended period of time where we're learning, talking about how you talk to people. Yeah, you know, right. We've lived our life in such fast speeds that you casually talking to your sister and saying, oh, you're so annoying. We've just let that go because we've been racing off to something else. But here's the thing. You're going to be around annoying people your whole life and you're not going to have to comment on it. And mm -hmm. so we've just kind of gone back um, to practicing some things, right? To, um, even just the the silliness of, hey, when an adult walks into the room, or even when your sibling walks into the room and they start talking to you, if you're on a device, you put it down, mm -hmm. you look them yeah. in the eye, you know, because this is what matters, and um, we are not going to be stuck in this house together for forever, and so what we want to happen. Oh my word, we're praying every day that there's a breakthrough and the Lord provides healing for this virus and that no more lives are lost. But here's the facts. Even if that does not happen, we want to emerge from this quarantine knowing Jesus better and knowing how to love his people better. Mm -hmm. And so we're practicing that. 
in the in, in our home every day. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, there's so much in what you just said that I was writing little notes to come back to, and now I don't know which thing to come back to. But one of my favorite verses, I think it is Philippians four nine. I wasn't gonna look it. Up. I wasn't gonna look it up while you were talking. But yeah, sure. Philippians four nine, but it says, "Whatever you have heard or seen me do, put it into practice." Right. I love that because it's it's the practice. It's not what whatever you have heard or seen. It's Paul talking, but whatever you've heard and seen me do, put it into perfect. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't ask people to do that. Jesus yeah. is not asking people. He's saying put it into practice. Like right. start start doing it, and over time you'll get better at it. And a story that I have that just I just thought of it when you were talking about. Um, the pancakes, my goodness, I think adults so often forget that, that children would benefit from the smallest lesson and it doesn't have to be right. huge. But I remember when I was, um, a missionary school teacher in Bangkok, um, you know, these great kids who were, I guess it was three that were about first grade age and three that were preschool kindergarten age and I wanted them to have an, ex I was their, basically their homeschool teacher in a sense, right. but I wanted them to have an experience. It was kind of like school. So I remember the first week I was like, now y'all line up at the door. We're all going to go outside and play. And they were just like walk, walking around, standing around. And I was like, I don't get this. How come they don't understand to line up at the door? Right. And on the second day, I was like, y'all line up at the door. And they just kept looking at me and all of a sudden I realized they've never had to line up. Right. There's never been a time that these kids that have were like born in missionary families, they, they were so well taken care of by their families, of course, well behaved beyond belief, but they had never been asked to line up. Right. So when I said that, they were like, what do we do? <laughs> and right. Smallest lesson in those things, but we take it for granted as if lining up, as if cutting pancakes are, is in our DNA, like breathing, that, that it's um, some kind of automatic function of a human being to do these simple tasks. Well, just because a task is simple doesn't mean a human and a human being is not benefited from a small bit of instruction. So I do think parents can be encouraged if they see their kids like, and they're thinking during this time when you're teaching them, if you're thinking, they should know this. Why do they yeah. not know? Why don't they not right. know this? Right. Like back up, I would say to those parents, back up and say, okay, wait, is it possible they were never instructed in this way? Right. And I think it's just so easy to do that, even when we've been walking with the Lord with ourselves and with our friends and with our kids to just say, well, I just thought you knew Jesus better than this, mm -hmm. you know? And the truth is we're all growing. And, and I think that, um, Nika, another thing that we've just really worked on it within our home has been, um, the temptation to eat junk food. I cannot believe it. I'm not even really a big junk food eater, but for whatever reason, I'm wanting to um, eat junk food right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm 
working, of course, on not doing that. But one of the things that we've realized is um, how honestly um, our spirits have a tendency to drift toward junk food during the season as well. Spiritually, yes. And so our, um, so what, one of the things that we've just been doing is asking, how have you fed yourself at lunch? We have a turtle, two guinea pigs, a dog, and all of us. And so at lunchtime, every day, we're making sure that everyone has been fed. Has the dog been fed? Have the guinea pigs been fed? Has everyone had their water? Has the turtle had its June bug? Um, and, but then it goes farther than that. And we're just asking, okay, how have you fed yourself spiritually? Because these are troubling times. And, and so part of this is when we're all looking at an unknown future, um, I'm just realizing more and more, I want my kids anchored, um, anchored. And we're having, we've had, I mean, we've had some, some sweet, hard conversations with our kids about just even uh, Shelby likes to ask a lot of questions. And so she said, well, if everyone gets sick, what do we do? You know, what if you went into the hospital? What if dad went into the hospital? What if, you know, and one of I was going to ask a question like that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And so we've just had, um, we've had some good conversations about, listen, um, nightmare scenario in i think for every family for any person in this is hearing about the people that the nature of this disease that seems so of the enemy is that it isolates people and and so um we've had lots of conversations about you you have to remember that you're never isolated that that the lord the lord knows the one thing that we can guarantee you in life is that you will never go anywhere that jesus doesn't go with you he's with you. And, um, as a parent, as a friend, I want to be with people when they're hurting. I want to go to them. There's something that makes my heart feel better to be present with people. But this disease, this, this virus is robbing us of that opportunity. And so we're talking a lot in, um, how do we be, how do we be, um, how are we comforted? If for some reason it's one of us that needs to be isolated, how are we comforted? Well, we know Jesus is there and we talk to him and, and, and we know, um, we know that he has promised us. What are some of the things that he's promised us? Because those are the things that you're going to need to hear. And, um, and our love follows you wherever you go. And, you can always know that if anything ever separates us, and this isn't just for the virus, this is for life, we're going to be fighting to get back to you. Mm-hmm. And so, so we're, we've talked about um, how in isolation, it can make you forget that you're a fighter, but we're fighters. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of what happens, wherever the Lord takes us, we're all fighting to get back together. And so if you, if something happened to you and you were isolated, you would know Jesus was with you. You would know your family was fighting to get to you. And we would need you to fight back to get back to us. Today's episode of the Keep Going podcast is brought to you by the Keep Going Journal, a quarterly magazine that focuses on hope and endurance 
motivating Christians in the areas of home, health, finance, relationship, and skill. In other words, our kingdom work is encouraging you to do yours. Every issue of the Keep Going Journal is based on a specific color scheme and contains articles written by believers just like you, a worship playlist centered on a specific theme, and my favorite part, a three-month Bible reading plan. If you are ready to join the Keep Going Journal community, go subscribe today at keepgoingshop.com.